Hi, Tiffany Strick with the Rest Co-op. Welcome to Pausing Forward, our podcast devoted to all things sabbatical. If you've ever dreamt of taking a year to travel abroad, spending more time with your family, pursuing a passion project, maybe even pivoting in your career to find more purpose and or meaning, you're not alone, my friends. Join our community of dreamers, adventurers, and doers who have used a sabbatical as a launching point to create their best life. Welcome. so excited today. I have a very special guest that I'm going to introduce. She is one of my longest friends, so it's very special to share her story. What's been so great for me is that, you know, she and I have been friends for over 20 years, and what she underwent a few years ago when she actually took her professional pause was quite transformative and really inspiring for me. And um, I I think that it'll be inspiring for all of you guys. Robin, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, Robin, why don't you just give like a little bit of background on um, how your career started, what you kind of studied in college, and then and then kind of get us up to the point to where you decided to uh, leave your career and take a break. Yeah. Um, well, I was, let's see, I was a teacher for a while and then I hit pause there and took two years off to go back to grad school and I got a degree in, um, counseling. And so from there I was in my job for about nine years as a school counselor. And at that point I was rocking and rolling. And then I just kind of started hitting autopilot and everything was just, I wouldn't say super easy, but I was just managing programs and I could do it in my sleep. And, you know, I had people doing the counseling for me at that point. I had a lot of interns and a lot of um, community programs. And so I just was, I was starting to get kind of miserable and not motivated. Um, And from there, that's when I started thinking like, gosh, I've always idealized this idea of being a stay-at-home mom. That's what I want to do. And I'm so busy taking care of other kids that I'm not taking care of my own, which you're very aware of because you took my daughter every day for the first day of, you know, every morning in kindergarten, you know, you had someone else had to take her to school. Um, So, you know, things like that. I couldn't even take my own kids. They were having to stay till five o'clock. And yeah, I just, I was spending so much energy on other kids that I felt like if I'm already on autopilot, I might as well you know, maybe take a break and reset. Yeah. And I know like right now, I mean, your story is so relevant to today's times in that, you know, gosh, what a, what a huge ask we're asking of our educators and all of those who are working in the um, school systems right now. And, um, and additionally, a lot of women, especially are being forced to actually make these tough choices between, 
you know, do I continue to pursue my career or do I need to step back and help manage their virtual school, help manage, um, you know, their isolation and have a more prominent parenting role. And I think that your story of taking this pause that was initially seen as, you know, largely driven about you wanting to, you know, be the best mom you could be actually results in a pretty wonderful story that encapsulates both being that really wonderful present mom, but also launching into a successful career. Um, tell us a little bit about how your time went initially when you took um, time away. Um, I have the advantage of knowing Robin so well in this interview. So for, for my listeners, um, Robin is a doer. She is one that is burning the candle at both ends always. She is, um, she hustles and even in her relaxing state is always usually quite um, diligent about having a to-do list and knowing what she wants to do next. And it's always been quite impressive. So how did you spend all of this new time that you had with your kiddos? Yeah, um, well, that's funny you ask because while I was preparing for this, I was like, oh yeah, I did some volunteering and I met new friends. And then like the list started ticking off and I was like, oh no, I like filled my time super fast. Like just so many different things that for me, that was probably the hardest is I couldn't organize my time at this point. Um, so yeah, the volunteering, I joined my local chapter of play therapist um, cause I really wanted to stay relevant. Um, I felt like I'd worked really hard for my licensure and my certification that I couldn't let those things lapse. Mm -hmm. So I stayed relevant. I went to the chapter meetings. Um, and at that point, I was approached by the president of the chapter to run for the president elect. And at this point, I'd only, you know, been a stay at home mom for like three months. And so I'm like, sounds great. You know, I can add that to my plate. Um, so I ran for that and got it. Um, and so that kind of was the catalyst to get me, you know, moving forward into the next chapter. But yeah, I think I, I did find some time to do my writing, not as much as I probably wanted to. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I look back and I'm like, what did I do in that one year? But um, I know it was nonstop and I know it was a lot of hard work and being a stay-at-home mom was a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to all the stay-at-home moms out there because it's work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, let's tell everybody where you're at now. Um, or you know what? I will. I'll tell everybody just because I'll probably <laughs> brag a little more than you might feel comfortable bragging. <laughs> probably. Um, so, so Robin has now successfully launched her own private practice um, where she counsels um, kids doing play therapy. She is, has a extremely thriving practice, a tremendous wait list, her own office. It's been so fun to watch from the sidelines. And beyond that, since I've known Robin um, in our early 20s, she's always been writing manuscripts for children's novels. And um, she also will have her first book published um, in the spring of 21. And we're so excited for that. And all of this came to fruition while she was actually taking this pause. All of the things that she put in motion 
um, happened during this um, one year where she was taking that break. So Robin, if you can remember, walk us back through um, some of the steps you took to um, you know, really put things into action. A lot of us dream about going out on our own or we dream about pivoting and starting a new career, but it feels scary and risky and full of potential um, you know, places we might fall. How did, how did you tackle all of that and still find the courage, bravery, and also ultimately the success that you've done? Yeah, well, um, I would have to say, like going back to when I was still in the school, I had some UT interns. And at that point, I started, I was supervising. So I was like, I, what if I just take off and start supervising on the side? And one of my interns had a professor that was the head of the counseling department for all of Austin ISD. And so I was like, set me up. I want a coffee date with her. And totally outside my comfort zone to just go meet someone. But I was like, I needed to kind of find some, um, I guess, resources to kind of support me in making this transition. And so I went to her, we had lunch and it was more of, if I take this leap, do you think there's a place for me to support your counselors outside of being, um, how do I say like on payroll, you know, is there contract work I could do for you? Um, so it wouldn't have to be full time. And so at that point we're having lunch and she's like, oh, you need to meet Jacqueline Sapp, who's now one of my best work buddies. And you need to talk to this person. And so all of a sudden she started giving me a list of names. Um, and so from there, I kind of like was kept them in the back of my head, you know, cause I was like, well, I'm still just taking this time off. Um, so fast forward, then I joined the chapter. I become the president elect. And at this point, I'm again, I'm just starting to meet so many people going to all the meetings and more and more people are asking me what what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm so proud to say I'm a stay at home mom and um, I'm working on my writing and people will come up to me after meetings and just say, you need to be in private practice. What are you doing? We need you. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that when I retire. That's my long term goal. People were like, no, the money's there now. The people, the need is there now, like do it. And so I'm always a fan of like signs of coincidences. So I, I can't even tell you how many people came up to me. And so I was like, well, huh, maybe this is something I should look at. Um, so at that point, I think I might've even said it out loud, which I think I'm, I'm a big proponent. If you say it out loud, then you're kind of putting it out in the universe and then your friends and family hold you accountable in a way. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, maybe I'll try this private practice. And then as soon as I said it, a friend of mine says, well, do you know Nicole Williams? She has an office. And I was like, oh, I don't know her. Okay. And I filed it away. And then no joke, the next week, someone else was like, do you know Nicole Williams? Nope. <laughs> I don't know her, but someone else mentioned her. And then sure enough, her name came up the third time. And I said, okay, I think I need to meet her. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to her and said, can I interview you? And she said, sure. So we met for coffee and I had to do a little research on my part to know what to ask. 
So I, you know, researched what does it entail to start a private practice? Um, and then I met her, went through my list of questions and felt super motivated. She was like, come look at the office if you want to sublet it. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, this is big. What am I doing? Starting to feel scary again. Mm-hmm. Um, How did you, um, when you were thinking about um, actually approaching Nicole, um, how did you position the request to Nicole when you wrote the email, if you can remember? Um, I think I just, a lot of my emails, I don't necessarily remember Nicole's, but a lot of my emails were positioned as, I want to know how I can best support the community. Mm-hmm. And I would like to know more about your clientele and how could I support you? And so I think that was what really got me in the door and with a lot of coffee dates. Mm-hmm. It's not like, here's what I want to offer, but what can I support you with? Mm-hmm. And then that gave me a lot of information because then, you know, they could say, well, I only see this age group. So this is the age group that needs therapist, which kind of helped me then build a niche um, where I see younger kids with specific behavioral issues and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think when you do approach people, making it, how could they benefit mm-hmm. from knowing you versus how can you benefit from right. knowing Right. That's them? great. How, how about how many coffee dates do you think you had during your time away? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, maybe six or seven, which was still a lot for me. Um, but it was enough to like, I kind of, you know, I'm a big spreadsheet person too. So then I had like all my questions and then I had how everyone answered it. Um, and then I started really kind of narrowing down what I wanted at that point. And so then I started doing coffee dates where I was, um, in a way selling myself, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I'd like to buy you coffee and tell you how I can best support you now. Once mm. I had like a little bit of a niche, um, cause then I needed to build a referral base too, which, you know, I, we can talk about now or later, but so I think that was the biggest thing was getting outside my comfort zone and like just emailing and cold calling people. And mm. now when people do that to me, when they call and they want to take me to coffee, I'm like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Paying <laughs> so, it forward. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I learned so much from the community and they were so supportive. So when you actually sign the lease and and put together a business card, so to speak, how how did that feel? Um, Were you at a point where you had had enough signs by these coffee dates that you felt mostly pretty secure that you were going to be successful or did you still feel... Uh, pretty vulnerable as you were putting yourself out there as an independent business owner? I think pretty vulnerable, but I also started with my goals pretty low. So I didn't go big and say, I want a, you know, a full caseload. I said, oh, I think I'd really just be happy with five clients. Mm-hmm. Like that seemed ideal. And then everyone kept telling me, you're going to have you know, 10 by December. And I was in, this was, I, I opened my practice, like, I think it was like on August 1st, 2017. Mm-hmm. And everyone kept saying, no, you're going to have more. And I was like, nope, I'm sticking to my guns. This is all I want. And, but they were right. I mean, 
they just kept coming. So yeah, I had my first client on the day I, you know, started in the office the first day I had my first client. Um, and again, at that point it came from word of mouth and who, who gave my name out. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so, um, I want to pivot to your writing in just a bit, but before we do so, Robin, how, what does your work life look like now professionally that is different than what it looked like when you were working um, as a counselor in the school system? Well, I think the biggest thing is I only have to answer to myself mm -hmm. and my clients, obviously, but um, mm -hmm. myself and I only work three days a week now which is a huge shift. And I make double the money I was making working 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a huge change for me. There's still that, you know, little, my husband is also self-employed. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of insecurity sometimes of like health benefits and things like that, which he carries us. But, you know, so I think there's still, you know, there's, there's security there, but then there's still a little discomfort of like, you never know what could happen. And, you know, when the world shut down in March, I was like, what's going to happen with my practice and pivoted all to online virtual and all my clients stayed and more came. And so I was like, okay, we're still doing this. And mm -hmm. but that little sense of, yeah, a lot of anxiety around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit. I think such a big part of you also is the fact that you're an author. And um, ever since I've known you, you've been writing um, portions or full complete um, books um, for children. Um, was there any difference in your ability to focus or um, get support that you needed during your professional pause that made um, your writing seem fundamentally different or was it just having more time? Maybe it was more time and the ability to work with mentors and take more classes. Mm -hmm. um, when I was working full time, it was hard to you know, take an evening class Mm -hmm. when I'd already been away from the kids. So yeah, I was able to take more classes. I was able to do more of those coffee dates with critique groups. And I will say it freed up a lot more time for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, gosh, I love how many coffee dates that you've had both <laughs> as, a, as an author and as a uh, business owner and as a therapist. Uh, uh, I still drink, a, go on a lot of coffee dates. <laughs> the power of coffee dates. Um, so as you reflect back, I mean, I know that when you first started this, and you certainly didn't call it a sabbatical, you were, you know, you were doing something different, you were pursuing stay at home mom. But, you know, now that you reflect back um, to that time, what about for um, just any, you know, encouragement or words of wisdom for anyone who is thinking about actually, um, starting their own business or, you know, taking that leap of faith. Um, any tips for them? Um, yeah, 
I mean, first of all, I would say it is, it's going to be scary and it's going to be uncomfortable. And I remember crying a lot <laughs> when I was making the choice, but I think, um, you know, meeting the people that will support you on that path of transition. That's the important thing is finding out who's out there that is going to help you. You know, for me, it was meeting with the director of AISD who put me in contact with other friends who are now, you know, and then meeting those friends and then now we support each other. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think it's get, the biggest one would be getting outside your comfort zone mm -hmm. and meeting those people. Um, Good. Wonderful. Well, I think that your, your story is really about the power of both setting intentions, but also how, um, you know, really reaching out to your network and, um, and sort of letting that waterfall effect take place for you. Um, your coffee dates certainly allowed for a lot of momentum to continue to build and build, uh, which has been um, really amazing for you. Um, so Robin, since the, um, the networking and the coffee talks were just so fundamental to your own success, can we get just a little bit more tactical and maybe you could actually sort of walk us through how that process looked and, and how you made that so instrumental in your own success? Absolutely. So there was, I was listening to podcasts like crazy during that time. And there was this one great podcast from a nutritionist and she talked about how to find your people and your clients. And what she did is she had you create a web. So in the center of the web, I put children's therapist. And then from there I had to imagine who would see my clients before I'd see them, who would they go to? And so from there I made a web that said, okay, they're gonna go to their pediatrician they're going to go to their school counselor. They're going to go to maybe their occupational therapist. And so then I had this web of providers, but then from that you get more specific. Okay. What are the pediatricians that they would go to that are necessarily around me? Um, who are the school counselors that are close to my office that could refer to me? Um, who are the other therapists that are parent coaches? That was another one for me, parent coaches um, that are around me. And so then I would set up a coffee date with one from each of those categories. So like I took a couple pediatricians lunch one time, which was totally uncomfortable, but I did it, you know, <laughs> and did my, you know, spiel. And now they're one of my best referral bases, but I had to do that to get that to, or get the clients. And then I would call up school counselors and I would go meet them. And, um, but I, you know, I just did like a couple from each category, but I thought that was the best piece of advice for finding your network. Um, and there were people that didn't call me back and there were people that, you know, I didn't get to meet, but you know, there were so many other that were influential. That's so wonderful. I love that. Um, and again, knowing how your mind works, I love seeing like actually this illustration of a web and somehow that web now like translating into an Excel spreadsheet of <laughs> next steps. And <laughs> Absolutely. Lots of, and I'm very visual. So that was a huge one for me. Um, 
And I still tell people that all the time when I meet them and they're starting out, like, who are the people you need to go to, to tell about your services, so. Good, well, wonderful. Well, Robin, it has been such a delight to have you on our show today. I am so excited to, um, to continue to watch your, your business thrive and you personally thrive and um, for your book to be released, why don't you let um, our listeners know um, when your book will be published? So right now it's looking like winter 2022. And oh, I said that wrong. I said 21. <laughs> that's all right. I wish it was 21. It's such a long process. Um, and right now it's called Dolly, the um, story of Dolly Parton and her big dream. And it'll be a picture book for young children. And yeah, yeah. Super yeah we'll, we will put links on that um, if we can uh, at some point and add them back. But super excited. Love Dolly Parton. Love you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for joining my podcast today. And I hope you have a great day, Robin. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining our show today. If you believe that a sabbatical can be a force for good like I do and would like to hear more of episodes like this, please consider leaving us a review or subscribing to our podcast. And if you yourself are considering taking a sabbatical and would like to have support or additional information, please visit therestcooperative.com. Thank you, friends.